Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast called The Lost Cases. In this podcast, I'll kind of just be telling you guys different stories each podcast and each episode as they go on about different cold case files, kind of just unsolved mysteries and these tragic stories of what actually happens in the real world. So, the first story I have for you is going to be about Stephanie Crone. She was a 12-year-old girl who was murdered in her own home while she was asleep. Um, This actually happened in 1998. To me, looking at it like reading a story, it was very strange to me already that they only killed a child so i feel like they had whoever did this had a motive and they definitely were out for blood for maybe revenge on someone close to them or family i'm not sure but anyways as we get into this the grandmother was the one who found her in the morning around 7 a.m she was stabbed nine times across her body and faced. Um, she had fatal wounds that were more than five inches deep. She had several um, strands of hair in her hands and a little twig on top of her head. They also found bloody footprints on Stephanie's bed frame door, her parents' hallway door, and no entrances had been forced open. And a lot of the neighbors did report a bearded man with dirty blonde hair walking the streets the night of the crime. The police had looked into their files and saw who has been kind of who kind of matches this in in this town in this city. They came across they recognized him as Richard Raymond Toit. He's a 28-year-old man. He had had many brushes with the law, and he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Now, the police station, obviously, that was their first instinct. Oh, this is probably him. He's probably the man who did it. He was roaming, Um, but there was no forced entry. So the police were kind of on edge, didn't really know what to do about anything. And Raymond also was cooperating. He didn't have a problem doing fingerprints and interrogations. And they really, he really was cooperating. So the police and the detectives took a different standpoint and said, well, maybe... It was somebody in the house. Maybe it was the parents, brother, sister, grandma. So they did start to interrogate the family. And as they were interrogating, they did notice that Michael, Stephanie's 14-year-old brother, was a little suspicious. He was oddly unaffected by her murder. He also claimed when he... He got up in the morning around 4.30 with a headache, and he went to the kitchen for some Tylenol and milk. 
but Stephanie's room was directly in front of his, and her body was positioned in a way that the door could not have been closed. So, Michael was eventually arrested for murder. He served seven months. He was arrested for his own sister's murder. He served seven seven months there. And the police basically got him when they when they interrogated him, given there was no lawyer and there was no parents with him in the interrogation room. They told Michael, well, why don't you write a letter to your your sister saying that you're sorry and asking her for forgiveness? And in the letter, he stated that he was sorry, that he can't remember what he did to her. He didn't mean to hurt her, but the only way that he knows that he did hurt her and did do this to her is because the police did tell him that he was the one who was responsible and they falsely claimed that they had evidence against him just to see what he would put in the letter but seven months later they discovered that his arrest was coerced especially because he is a minor and there was nobody in the room with him so he eventually got out of prison During the 27th of 1998 was Stephanie's funeral. Susie Hauser was the mother of Aaron. And Aaron and Michael were best friends. And Michael, again, was Stephanie's brother. Aaron and Michael were best friends until they had a falling out. Aaron had a knife collection, and the day of the funeral, Susie had noticed that the knife was missing, and it was discovered at the house of Michael's best friend, Joshua Treadway. Joshua had admitted that he stole the knife from Susie Hauser's house, also known as Aaron's house, and he sat, he was actually arrested for petty theft because he did admit to stealing it, and it wasn't his. Um, He sat through 11 hours of an interrogation because they believed that his knife was the murder weapon, and they didn't have much evidence on him besides that was his knife, but they just, they weren't sure. Then two weeks later, Joshua came in again for another 10 hours of questioning. That time, he had confessed that he, Michael, and Aaron had killed Stephanie together. So all of the boys were charged with murder, and they sat in jail for the next six months. And they waited for their trials to begin in January of 1999. But everything had shifted with the trials because DNA testing came back on a shirt that revealed three drops of Stephanie's blood on a shirt that belonged to Richard.
But, however, it was his shirt. They're not sure how it got there. But they didn't even make an arrest on Richard until 2002. And they needed more time to figure out what is happening and investigate. So, they didn't make an arrest until 2002. Um, On May 6, 2004, Richard was charged with voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to 17 years in prison. And, you know, the family was in tears, in, like, happiness, like, thank goodness my kid finally got the justice she deserved and finally we we've got we've got the killer it feels so great but it all comes crashing down when there was two appeals claiming that the trial judge limited the cross-examination of a witness so Richard was granted a retrial in 2013 and at the new trial Richard's attorney argued that the 90 fingerprints they took at the crime scene all the DNA testing everything that they had none of it matched um none of it matched Richard he was not linked to the residence. He didn't have any DNA that belonged to him in the household. And it just didn't make sense why he was being locked up. So his attorney also did state that Richard was only being sentenced to jail because of three drops of her blood on his shirt. And that was the only evidence that they did have against him. So the jury did find him not guilty. And the family was devastated. They didn't know what to believe. They were just ready to be done with this situation. And it was a very stressful and hard time. I think that if something like this ever happened to my family that we would definitely struggle as well i feel that anyone who deals with getting justice for their kid has a right to just feel defeated when they don't get that justice and it it was just devastating they didn't know if the three kids actually did do it they didn't know if this adult actually did do it they didn't know if they didn't know if somebody was out there still killing other people in their town i mean there was so much up in the air they didn't know what was happening they didn't know what was going on to this day since 1998 this case has not been solved yet and it is actually very heartbreaking because this is actually what happens in America today like you hear things on the news about sex trafficking kidnapping and it's more common now in the modern times and you see 
posts on social media and it's a very scary world out there someone breaking into your home and murdering your family or breaking into your 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 friend's house and murdering their family it's a very very sensitive topic and it definitely shined some light for me that this is something that happens in America today that is completely just it, I mean it's horrible it's it goes against my morals as a human being and it's just it is just disgusting what people do today in this world to terrorize children and parents because the kids are scared that this is going to happen to them but it doesn't happen to all kids but the the parents are are scared this is going to happen to my child but again it doesn't happen to everybody's kid but the world is definitely a very scary place and it it's definitely shines some light for me that we need to all come together as a whole and as a community and just put the bad guys away and honestly I feel that anybody whose family, mother, sister, brother, daughter, anyone who has gone through this situation, I feel that I strongly believe that they should have justice for what happened to their child because they didn't ask for that. They didn't have a tar. Maybe they did have a target. Maybe they didn't have a target on their back. But no one deserves something like this, especially to not have. To not have, the, person who, actually did this to, your child, I mean it's just devastating. You you want that justice for your child. You want to protect them, and this was something you thought that would never happen. And it happened in your own home. I just, I wouldn't be able to imagine what it would feel like. And I feel, I really feel like for this, I mean, for those three boys to go into jail at such a young age, that it definitely changed those three boys young lives forever they never experienced something like that and especially Richard if he went to jail and he didn't commit that crime he spent nine years in prison for a crime he didn't commit I mean that is nine years wasted of his life that he could have been doing so much more and as a child this this these things do scare me as a teenager and growing up into the real world to me it's just plain disgusting what happens today in America and all over the world i think that everyone deserves justice and everyone deserves peace and equality and 
you know, anybody, like I said, anybody who has gone through this definitely deserve justice for their kid. And especially with it being so long since this case has even been looked at. And they still haven't found the killer. That that worries me even more. Because what if they're still out there today? What if it was one of those three boys? What if it was that Richard? What if it was him? And there's just so much of the unknown that we don't know about. And they didn't even have a lot of evidence, which really kind of upsets me as well because again you want that justice you know you want to know who did this to your child you want to know who did this to your your niece your grandson your grand your granddaughter you know you want to know and for them to just put this case away like it was Nothing is, I mean, that's amazing to me. I I think if I was a, t- a detective on a case like this, I don't think I would be able to sleep at night until I found that person who, who did this to somebody's family. I mean, I just don't know who in their right mind would want to go and kill a 12-year-old girl in a gruesome way. I mean, her her death goes against a lot of morals of mine personally. And I just, I feel like everything in this situation is wrong. But also, it was definitely something interesting that I've learned about who people are and what really does happen in stuff like this in cases like this in the justice system in the criminal law system and what happens i mean police were trying to coerce the brother into thinking that he killed his own sister but what if he didn't kill his own sister i mean I just, I feel like that would be crazy, but I I don't even know. Um, Joshua had a knife that was stolen from Aaron's house. But Aaron also has a knife collection. So should you be more worried about Aaron? Or should you be worried about Joshua? Who was arrested for petty theft. And... The time is now 2021, and this case happened in 1998, and still no justice has been served, nothing has happened, and to me, that is, I mean, it's just crazy. I feel, I feel that at least something should have happened to to relieve this family of thinking this person is still on the loose um 
I just really think this is a tragic story. And it's definitely... It's very, it's very tragic to me. I mean, this is just a tragic story to me, but also it just, it saddens me to see that this is what people like to do in their free time. This is what people will go above and beyond for. Like, it's just, to me, this is something... I couldn't even believe, I couldn't even imagine or wish on somebody. This is just a horrible action that someone would take to get revenge. And I truly believe that someone had a motive to only kill one person in the house. Because only the daughter was found dead. But they left the parents asleep the brother and the younger sister and the grandmother alive but what made them what made them say i want to kill this girl what made them what made them have that motive that they wanted to kill this poor young child especially while she was asleep And to me, it's just completely gruesome. And it really, I just, I'm curious myself as to who could have done this and why they would have. And what their motives were. Why did they only kill one person in the house? Because, you know, you normally read something off the news where it was the whole family was killed and to me I just think that it was very different to see that there was only a 12 year old daughter killed and to me that's even worse I just what makes someone want to kill a 12 year old and only kill her so obviously I think there was a motive I think that maybe whoever did it was seeking revenge. Maybe the parents had a target on their back and they were seeking revenge on on the parents but didn't want to kill them because of whatever reason. So they they killed one of their their daughters. I I don't know. Um but to me this is definitely a tragic a tragic unsolved mystery of Stephanie Crone and I just I wish her family the best and yes so this episode will be the only episode about Stephanie Crone and then the next episode I will be telling you guys about a new unsolved mystery thank you for listening to my podcast the lost cases